Hello guys, and welcome to my podcast on Let's Talk Attachments. So for those of you that are new to this space, my name is Jessica De Silva, and I'm a marriage and family therapist and relationship coach, helping adults and their unhealthy ways of experiencing love and really creating stronger, secure relationships. So if you're fascinated by attachment theory, like me, and the impact that it has on your relationships and on your life, then this is the perfect place for you to deepen that understanding and gain new perspectives on how to improve the quality of your life. This platform is a personal space of authentic sharings and stories from my life and the life of others. So please go into this with an open heart. And without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's podcast episode. I feel like every time I record an episode, I'm in a different place. Um, So right now, I'm in Los Angeles. Uh, I drove down here from San Diego yesterday to celebrate my sister's 30th birthday, Um, and that was really cool. But before heading back to San Diego tonight, um, I just wanted to record this episode for you guys because it's actually a question that has come up several times in my coaching sessions and I just thought it would be a good question to address on this podcast as I'm sure a lot of you guys um, perhaps are also kind of going through the same type of uh, predicament. So when do we know when someone's attachment style is a deal breaker or not? Meaning when should we quit a relationship and when should we continue trying? So I love this question because not only are you thinking about what's best for the relationship, but most importantly, you're thinking about what is best for you. And oftentimes when we don't have guidelines for what is healthy, what's unhealthy in a partner or in a relationship, we'll stay in these very toxic or imbalanced relationship dynamics for way longer than we need to. And that's never good, right? Because you could be living a much more fulfilling life. They can hopefully be living a much more fulfilling life. Um, And, you know, there's no time being wasted. So these questions are always, always good to ask yourself. So first off, um, I wanted to preface that we all have specific tolerances. So what I'm capable or willing to tolerate in a relationship could be very different than what you are willing or capable of tolerating in a relationship. And our tolerances vary due to, you know, multiple factors like, you know, what kind of behaviors we're used to, our sensitivities, our personality types, uh, our mental capacities, our level of empathy, our perceptions, our passivities, our coping skills. Okay. So for instance, I'll see a lot of people Uh, tolerate these abusive relationships because they were used to being treated that way by their own parents. Um, So they have a high tolerance for that kind of behavior. Whereas someone who didn't experience abuse in childhood, this is just an example, um, would, you know, not find those types of behaviors as acceptable and leave the relationship immediately. Uh, I also wanted to mention that if you are in an abusive relationship, whether it's physical, sexual, emotional, mental, or verbal, uh, I always suggest protecting yourself and your children first. Actually, this is not a suggestion. I really, really recommend doing that. Highly recommend doing that. Um, You know, if your partner doesn't want to seek help, 
to uh, change their behaviors, then that is a definite deal breaker. But please protect yourself first. Your safety um, and your well-being is the most important thing. Um, And if you try to get couples counseling for these types of issues, uh, the protocol is that they should not allow for couples counseling um, and that you guys should go into individual counseling first. And that's just to ensure your safety. So, you know, if you guys do go into counseling for abuse in the relationship, make sure that your therapist um, can also uh, set up individual counseling for you guys as well. Um, so if you're dating an anxious, preoccupied attachment style, common deal breakers can be that they don't respect your needs for space or for time alone. It could be that they are controlling or jealous or possessive, and maybe that's something, you know, you've talked to them about and they haven't made a real effort to change. Um, maybe your anxious partner can be really passive aggressive because they don't communicate to you what they're upset uh, about, right? And that ultimately stirs up a lot of unnecessary fights. Um, or maybe they can act really immature in order to get your love and your attention and you've communicated that to them and they don't do anything about it. So all of these behaviors are very common in the anxious attachments and are usually the cause for relationship conflicts and breakups. But I wanted to point out here that with any attachment style, there are going, you know, they're going to have strengths and they're going to have weaknesses. And all of us humans fall on a spectrum with our attachment styles, meaning we all embody one or more of these tendencies. Um, So just keep that in mind when you're perhaps thinking, hmm, you know, maybe there's a more perfect or securely attached person out there for me because that's unrealistic, right? There may be a more secure attached person out there than who you're currently dating, but with any person and any relationship, there will always be differences. And with those differences come challenges. That's inevitable, okay? So I always like to share common strengths and weaknesses of each attachment style so that you can have just a more objective perspective on people, right? And with this insight, you can kind of take their personalities um, less personally and can instead just have more compassionate for, you know, why your partner is the way they are right? And this knowledge into their attachment style can also help you communicate with them about what they need to feel safe and secure with you. Because with each attachment style, uh, you know, we will have specific needs and we'll have specific triggers. So that insight is, wow, incredible, incredible and so helpful. Um, Now, if they're open to taking responsibility for their underlying traumas and insecurities that are fueling their behaviors, then that's a good sign Um, But remember that, you know, these changes can take time and they don't always feel or look natural. So please be patient with them during this adjustment process because that's exactly what it is. It's an adjustment process. Um, So if you see that they take accountability for their behaviors and they take the appropriate steps to change those behaviors and work on themselves, then I'd say you have a pretty good thing going on. Now, if you don't, uh, if they don't ever take accountability um, or make an effort to change their ways, then that's a possible deal breaker because partnerships 
uh, you know, they should be, it should be a mutual effort. So for instance, you know, I once had a couple where, you know, the boyfriend was more avoidant and his girlfriend, um, was more anxious and they actually had to call it quits because he had a core need for doing things alone sometimes, uh, and taking trips with friends without her. And she got really upset by this, right? She got jealous, um, was a little bit possessive around this. So these differences or like these inabilities to meet each other's needs, um, actually caused them to separate because his need for time alone and her unwillingness to give him that time alone, uh, ended up being a deal breaker for both of them. Right. So now if both of them could have compromised and somehow, you know, met in the middle, maybe it could have worked out. Um, So if you're dating an avoidant, common deal breakers are them being distant or wanting too much time away from you, like the example I just mentioned. Um, Also, you know, them not opening up about personal issues or their emotions, um, them being very independent, uh, insensitive to your needs, appearing self-centered, and not being considerate of you, you know, taking uh, more from you than they're giving, you know, criticism, some volatility, right? These tend to be general triggers in relationships. So with attachment knowledge, we know that avoidance typically tend to be very self-reliant, self-sufficient, and independent people, which means that they, you know, they have set ways of doing things and they're used to doing these things alone and for themselves. They also know how to self-soothe best when they're alone, right? Where uh, anxious types uh, soothe best in the company of others, avoidance, they soothe best Uh, They can relax better when they're alone. So it's not that they're inherently selfish or self-centered people. They're just conditioned to operate in these very independent ways. Um, And whoever is going to be with them needs to understand that this is their nature. It's just part of who they are. It's part of how they operate. Um, So, you know, as someone with an anxious attachment you know, would be more thoughtful and observant and attuned to their, uh, due to their more hypervigilant nature, avoidance are the opposite, okay? They're not as attuned or aware to the needs of others, and it's not because they're bad, right? It's just uh, not how they learned to operate in the world. So if you're dating an avoidant, clear communication is essential. And often you'll find that when you communicate your needs with them in a non-threatening manner, they're actually pretty willing to listen and make an effort. However, if you're passive aggressive uh, and blow up at them or are snarky in how you communicate, that is when they often shut down and are not willing to uh, cooperate with you. So now let's say that, you know, you understand your avoidant partner's attachment nature and how to best communicate with them and you do that and they still aren't willing to meet your needs and still continue to shut you out, push you away, not spend quality time with you or not seek the proper support to help themselves, um, then that is a possible deal breaker because again, partnerships should be a mutual effort right? Yes, they may be meeting your physical needs to some capacity, 
right? Maybe they pay the bills or they put a roof over your head, but they also have to make an effort to meet your emotional needs or else, you know, you're going to forever feel deprived in that area of your relationship. And that's really unhealthy for you, especially if you have a strong desire, right? A strong need for emotional intimacy, which if you're anxious uh, attached, you definitely do. Okay. You have that need for emotional intimacy. Now, if you're dating a disorganized, aka fearful avoidant attachment style, keep in mind that this attachment style uh, has tendencies of both anxious and avoidance. Also, keep in mind that this attachment style tends to be more mentally and emotionally challenged due to the severity of the traumas they've experienced in the past. Um, and the traumas tend to be around betrayal, so they are often very distrusting of their partners, which causes a lot of pain within the relationship. Um, often I hear that, you know, they tend to view their partners as the enemy because of the experiences they had with their attachment figure. So you can imagine how hard that can be for the person on the receiving end when they're constantly being perceived as the enemy, right? Like you can never win. You can't ever win that way. So common deal breakers with disorganized attachments are, um, you know, wrongful accusations, jealousy, control, aggression, volatility, very hot and cold behavior, hurtful words and actions, indecisiveness, and general inconsistency. Now, like any of the attachment styles, um, you know, if the disorganized attachment is aware of their behaviors and are making a conscious effort to change, then of course it's worth working on. Um, and again, you know, you guys, you know, we all come with our own set of attachment traumas and baggage. None of us are immune to it. Uh, we just have it to different severities, I guess. Um, but if they, you know, if they aren't making an effort to change, or seek support to help them manage these behaviors and attachment wounds, then that's when it's a possible deal breaker, okay? So for the sake of including um, the attachments, the, the secure attachment style to this episode, important to note that, uh, you know, secure attached people can also have deal breakers um, as no one person is perfect and we all relate to one or more of the attachment styles. So again, if they are willing to work on themselves and make, uh, you know, a conscious effort to better themselves and the relationship, that is a good thing. But usually secure attached um, people, they generally do have good ways of communicating. They generally do um, have good self-awareness and uh, are more uh, open to receiving support if they need it. So if you're with someone who is aware Um, or willing to become aware of their traumas and their behaviors and they make a genuine effort to compromise and listen and take accountability and meet your needs to their best ability, then that's a person worth fighting for. Also, important to note that nobody is perfect and we will mess up and we will fall short sometimes and that's okay. We can't expect people to meet our needs all of the time. And we also can't expect for people to be perfect all of the time. That's, you know, it's a recipe for disappointment and it's also really unrealistic for us human beings. Um, but if the awareness and the effort is visible, then you have a good thing going on. The most important thing 
uh, you know, that I can kind of end this episode with is just please just understand what your needs are and always communicate them in a loving way. Um, You know, by expressing yourself and your needs and just being true to who you are, you will quickly find out who is compatible with you in the long run and who isn't. Um, I also highly suggest listening to my recent episode on attachment styles and boundaries so that you can learn how to create flexible, aka secure boundaries. Um, something I also teach in my coaching program, and this will just help in any relationship that you're in. All right. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I hope you got some value from this and I will catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I hope you gained some great insights from this episode. And if you enjoyed this, please rate my channel, leave a comment with any thoughts or questions you might have. And if you'd like to learn ways and how to work with me, you can visit my website at www.jessicadasilvacoaching.com. Have a wonderful day.